Yes, that line falls on the right, babe. Ah. Not that Maggie. Where is he? Oh, I know. He's back in town. McMonagle here with you on this Wednesday morning. I got you for three hours. You know the deal. 877-337-6666. Fliegelman's back from the beach. Marco's here. The team is back. The gang is back together. And we got you for three hours. Let's go. 877-337-6666. Joe Shane and the New York Giants. It is the Combine. And today was his day to speak, and boy, did he. He went around, he did interviews with Giants Radio and John Schmelk, my good man John Schmelk. Obviously just the presser. He was on Sirius. I saw one-on-ones with SNY. Joe Shane's talking, and Joe Shane's saying the same thing Joe Shane, uh, Joe Shane has been saying forever. And it's gotten to the point now, when I hear it, I'm, and this is just my personal bias, because I can't believe... To the extent he says it, it's almost like a man who's trying to convince himself. That's what it's starting to sound like to me. Either that or he's just playing possum. I don't want to say call him a downright liar because I think on some level they do have a belief. They do believe in Daniel Jones. And why not, right? He won that Minnesota game. He sure did. Boy, didn't he ever. They did win that road playoff game. Can't take it away from him. He was spectacular in that game. He was solid that year. He was great down the stretch and then played the game of his life on the road in the playoffs for the New York Giants, beating the Minnesota Vikings in what is really their signature win of the last, you know, since 2011 Super Bowl. That's the best win they have. And it's been one of the darker periods in franchise history. So that bright moment sure weighs a lot now, doesn't it? But yet here we are, Joe Shane saying the same stuff about they trust this quarterback They believe in the talent. We've done a lot of things to mess him up. And I just refuse to believe it. You cannot be who Joe Shane is. You cannot be, as we heard also from being in in Buffalo and talking about trading up for Josh Allen and how important that was to his franchise. And, you know, you take a chance like that. The comments from him were interesting, too, about Josh Allen and the idea uh, as everyone's trying to get to the top of this draft, presumably for these top three franchise quarterbacks, because that's what you do when you don't have a quarterback you can rely on. And that's what you do when you're a fledgling franchise and you haven't won on any significant level for a decade. That's what you do. You try and find your franchise quarterback. And the Giants are picking sixth. There are at least what, you know, again, sure, everything's a crapshoot. Nobody knows exactly what these three quarterbacks are going to be. But that's what you do when you need a franchise changer. And he said a bunch of different things, and I found them all interesting. One, yes, he continues to give you the line about Daniel Jones and his ability, the physical tools, his age, the commitment with the contract they made to him, how they believe in him. Yes, there's yes, there's obviously uh, players in this draft at the quarterback position. We're going to add a quarterback one way or another. We obviously need another quarterback in the room, whether it be Tyrod Taylor, whether it be someone in the draft, either at the top in our sixth pick or later on, whatever the case may be. Daniel Jones has the confidence 
of this franchise. And the more he says it, again, the more I just refuse to believe exactly what he's saying because you cannot have faith in a in a player in Daniel Jones who really, unfortunately, all you have to say is he won a playoff game in Minnesota. That's all you have to say. You can talk about tools all you want. It hasn't resulted in winning or offense his entire career. And we can point to all the different reasons for that. The offensive line, the this, the that, we get it. I understand it. But ultimately, the Giants are in a position where they have to take a chance to bring in a a quarterback prospect and allow their head coach in Brian Dable to do what he does best. You cannot have faith in a quarterback in Daniel Jones who is now facing another year coming off season-ending surgery, having re-injured his neck again last year, then blowing out his ACL. You cannot treat that quarterback the same way anymore. You can't have the same level of confidence. And I don't think Jane, I don't think Joe Shane does, quite honestly, because he also talked about the idea of staying the course of the rebuild. Right, he's talked about it. it takes a long time. Everybody wants to, you know, it's the third year. Everybody's expecting stuff. It's New York, but ultimately, we believe in the process. We have a lot of holes to fill. Like he'll tell you all that. Ultimately, they were brought here, and this is why I feel fairly confident the Giants are looking into a quarterback. They were brought here to rebuild this organization and take it from the depths that it hit under Joe Judge, the darkness that had overcome and overrun this franchise to a level we haven't seen since before Bill Parcells, since before George Young. That's how long it goes back. The last time you have a a glimpse of a six, seven, eight-year run as bad as what Joe Shane stepped into with this giant team. And the one-year pop-up season where, yes, the quarterback played better than you thought he would, the quarterback had a tremendous game in the playoffs, and the quarterback won a road playoff game, that doesn't change what they're trying to do here. They are in rebuild this franchise from top to bottom. And I still believe that when you look at a rebuild, And when you look at shaping your franchise and changing the direction that a franchise has been in for half a decade, there's one spot to look at first, plain and simple. You look at the quarterback position. Now, we'll see if they're willing to trade up. I think they do love their picks. Right, they're they're proud. They have as many picks in the top seventy. They have four picks in the top seventy. They and I'm sure they're looking forward to using all of them. So I don't know if the proposition of trading a lot of those picks, which make no mistake, just to move up to three, you're looking at the swap of your first round pick. You're looking at losing this second round pick. You're probably looking at losing next year's second round pick. That's just to move up three slots to get the third best quarterback of this draft. Because we all know, despite whatever noise is going on in Chicago, whether or not Evan wants to tell you they'd be willing to trade this one or that, like whatever the case may be, it, it's 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 past, and I had visions of maybe them holding on to fields. I think we're past that. Caleb Williams is going to be drafted first by the Chicago Bears. I doubt they're moving that pick. So now you're looking at moving up for either Drake May, who has been working with Eli Manning, who I think everybody likes. 
you know, a legitimate pocket passer, stands tall, throws the ball well, and then Daniels, the 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 Heisman Trophy winner and probably the best athlete of all the quarterbacks on the, uh, in this draft in a very highly uh, uh, touted, long-time heavily touted quarterback draft. And we'll see other guys. I told you yesterday, as we get to the combine and as the workouts start and as we watch all this, we're going to hear all the different names that are going to run up the draft board. One being, for me, it's already started. It's going to continue as J.J. McCarthy. He is going to shoot up all of these projections. Every year there's a quarterback who shoots up. And he is going to be at the top of this second tier. Right After the playoff and after the championship game, it was Michael Penix kind of at the top. Of that secondary tier after the top three, you're quite. You, I think you're seeing now that it's going to be J.J. McCarthy is going to be that quarterback who moves up to the top. So whether it's figuring out something later in the draft, or whether it is hopefully, you know, maybe one of those three falling at six, or it is taking a J.J. McCarthy or a Michael Penix six, or doing something like that. I don't know what the Giants view as their answer at quarterback, but what I do know is that Joe Shane, who answered tough questions, he did a call-in show with John Schmelk on Giants Radio and was directly you know, confronted with a fan who feels like I do, that we, yeah, sure, I feel I like Daniel Jones. He's done a, a considering the circumstance. Yeah, I get it. He, he, was, he was brought into a very difficult situation, and it wasn't easy to overcome, but he didn't. And now you're looking at him being injured. There's just games where he hasn't played well. There's just offense and points that he hasn't been able to produce. It's come with a lot of losing the tenure of Daniel Jones. And now he's under a contract that you probably don't want to continue to pay long-term, although it doesn't look as bad now as you're moving forward and the more cap space and everything like that. But still, it's it's just for a guy who's already had the injuries, I just can't imagine moving forward long-term with Daniel Jones. And Joe Shane was confronted by a caller uh, to his call and uh, show that he was on with Giants Radio uh, by someone who feels the way I do. And he just, you know, he laughed it off. Hey, he's talented. We believe in him. We have faith in him. It's just, it feels rote. It feels rehearsed. I'm not saying he's lying because they paid him money. I think they do have faith in Daniel Jones. And Daniel Jones quite clearly is going to be the starting quarterback at some point, hopefully at the beginning of the year, if he's healthy enough and can return from the surgery of the torn ACL, he's going to be the starting quarterback at some point this upcoming season. There's no doubt about that. So you can't go out there and, A, downplay him, whether it's because you know he's, you're going to have to sell him to the fans as the starting quarterback next year. And as well, you don't want to hide what you're trying to do at the top of this draft. You don't want to make it clear that you are destined to take a quarterback, that you are trying to move up. You want to play possum. And Joe Shane, moving into this draft, is trying to play possum. The more and more I hear him speak, the more and more I'm convinced of it. And that's how he talks about the quarterback, Daniel Jones. Now, how he talks about the running back, Saquon Barkley, feels a little bit different, doesn't it? And that's where, like, these two guys have been, obviously, when you're drafted second overall and then sixth overall in back-to-back seasons on a miserable football team, you are going to be the face of that franchise and the talking point of that franchise. So those two names that have been the focal point of this franchise for more than half a decade continue to be. And if you listen to Joe Shane talk about Saquon Barkley, it feels a little bit different. Yes, the flowers are there. Yes, we love the player. We love he's a leader of this team. He's important to this team. Uh, We still believe he can play, everything like that. But when it comes to 
whether or not he's going to be on this team or how they view him or the contract, it's not the same thing because the running back isn't the same thing. And despite earlier reports that I discussed yesterday on this very show that it felt like, or the reports were, they would not use the franchise tag on Saquon Barkley. Well, Joe Shane changed that narrative and flat out came out and said that that is still very much on the table, that he was taken aback by how much the salary cap went up and when you take that into consideration, it's $12.1 million to cap him for a second consecutive year, and that's on the table. And when you make that kind of statement to a running back, especially as we're hearing other running backs not be capped, he's talked about the different guys in free agency, Eckler and and all the other running backs, Moss, and different guys who are going to be out there in free agency, let alone some of the guys that are going to be in the you know later – in the draft, you know, Corum out of out of uh, Michigan and some of the, the running back out of Texas, some of the different guys. And if you look up and down this league, running backs, the stud running backs of this league are drafted second round, third round, fourth round. You can find running backs all over. So Saquon Barkley, who wants to be a giant, and the Giants, who want Saquon Barkley to be a giant, and Joe Shane, who wants Saquon Barkley to be a giant, talks a little bit differently, and is playing hardball, and that's exactly the right thing to do. And I've said it for a while, I am perfectly okay if Saquon Barkley is not a part of this franchise moving forward. I think he's an excellent running back. I think he's a good leader. I think there's a lot to like about Saquon Barkley, no doubt about it. But the fact of the matter is, as I just told you, I believe the Giants still think they are in a long-time build to turn over a franchise that has been heading the wrong direction for a decade. I think they believe that they are in the mists of changing the feel and tone of this entire team. And unfortunately, when you look at what a running back provides, he is not a tone changer. As much as as great as he is, as much as a leader as he is, when you look at the running back position, especially for a 28-year-old, he's going to be 28 next year, I believe, a 28-year-old running back who gets hurt every single year, who's already had a torn ACL, and who, quite frankly, has not impacted winning for this franchise enough. This is exactly how the Giants should handle it. You don't want to talk contract? Let's go hit free agency, see what you can get. If Or if we have to tag you because we want you for one year, because that's what we value for is one year at a time on these deals. You don't want to take a one-year deal friendly. You don't want to take a two-year deal friendly. Okay, we'll tag you. We'll draft someone later. We'll figure it out without you. And that's exactly how the Giants should handle it. Saquon Barkley, as much as we like him, and as much as any Giant fan or pundit can point to what the offense looks like without him and what the team is, has done without him, I'd like you to point to where they've been successful with them. See if you could find any success for this Giants franchise since 2011. I dare you. So sure, when Saquon Barkley doesn't play, their offense takes a hit. They don't have much of a backup. If they go into a season with a designate with with the idea of a different game plan at the running back position, they'll be fine. There's guys in free agency. There's guys via trade. There's guys in the draft. And Joe Shane pretty much just came out and told you, hey, we got the franchise tag available to us. We'll let him, worst comes to worst, he can go see what his market is in this drawn-out, fledgling, 
failing running back market where you're seeing running backs hit the market, guys like Eckler, like all these different guys all hitting the market. Teams aren't in any rush to keep them, and you can't tell. I mean, I understand the the disaster and the underachieving franchise that the, the Chargers have been, but are you going to tell me that Saquon Barkley's been any more dynamic or any more productive or any more important to his team than Eckler has been to the Chargers? And yet they're in no rush. This is the position, unfortunately, for Saquon Barkley. And as you listen to Joe Shane, you get all the flowers, all the love. We're perfectly fine with Joe with 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 our quarterback situation. Daniel Jones is a young, talented kid. We have faith in him. We gave him a long-term deal. We paid him the bag. And Saquon Barkley, sure, he's good for the room, but he's a running back. And if we need the tag, then we'll use the tag. Hardball with Saquon Barkley. Flowers for Daniel Jones. More of the same from Joe Shane. And I don't believe any of it, at least when it comes to the quarterback. The Giants are in the market for a quarterback. The more and more I hear, it's the more and more he's placating to the fans who love him in Daniel Jones, which there are too many of, quite honestly. But it's more about just the idea of they might have to move forward with him. They did give him money, so it seems like it's contrary to go against them a year after giving him a big-time contract. And two, they're playing coy at what they plan on doing at number six. But the more and more I hear Joe Shane talk about the confidence they have in Daniel Jones, the more and more I hear someone trying to convince themselves and trying to convince you. And it's not working on me, Joe Shane. 877-337-6666. McMonagle here with you on the fan. I got you for another two and a half hours or so until five o'clock in the warm-up show. The, uh, the Knicks, again, just especially without Brunson and Hartenstein, uh, Brunson and Hartenstein completely depleted in a loss to the Pelicans. We can get into the Knicks. The baseball season is still upon us, and I still, I guess I need to say it. Here are my two things I will say every day from now until something happens with the situation. Yankee fans, Blake Snell is not coming here. No matter how many times John Heyman tells you they should because Scott Boris is convincing him to do so, no matter how many times you hear a Yankee talk about, ooh, Juan Soto said Snell would be great for the Yankees. Okay, Juan. I'll tell you how I feel about that. Let me tell you exactly what I would say back to Juan Soto if he wants Blake Snell on this team. But it's not happening. Blake Snell is not going to be a Yankee. We'll discuss that more further. And the Mets, go get Jordan Montgomery. I will say those two things every day until something happens with that situation. The Yankees are not getting Snell. The Mets need to go get Montgomery. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Santana into the windup. The payoff pitch on the way. Swung out and missed. Strike three. He's done it. Johan Santana has pitched a no-hitter. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the Free Odyssey app. All right. McMonagle here with you, 225. So the Giants and Joe Shane spoke today at the Combine. And the gist of it is, is Daniel Jones hopefully has not had any setbacks. Uh, they're hoping if that continues, he should be ready for training camp. That's what they're saying. He should be ready for the start of the year, which would be great no matter what you think. No matter whether you think the Giants should draft a quarterback or not, we all understand Daniel Jones is going to be the starting quarterback this coming year. 
Uh, I think there's no way around it. He's going to be on the roster. He makes too much money. He can't get out of his contract just yet. So the earlier he can be back, the better. Uh, so hopefully that's the case. But you heard how much he has confidence in him. Joe Shane loves him some Daniel Jones. Even just watching again the clip with the caller, he went on, again. He went on with Giants Radio. If you haven't heard the clip, maybe I'll get it from uh, uh, Mike. We'll play it a little bit later. It's just out there on Twitter. And the the caller pretty much says, you know, he's had these injuries. I don't know how you can count on him. And Joe Shane's well, look, I just I see a guy who's talented, who's who ha, who has all the physical attributes to play the position. But then he says something that, you know, I just I. While it's, I guess, on some level accurate, on the most minute level it's accurate, I don't think it's fair to say. I, maybe I'm wrong. He follows it up with, and Daniel Jones has played well in some big games for us. And that's just... First of all, I don't even want to get into his primetime record. All right, let's just... You want to talk about how, how well he's played in big games in, in primetime? I mean, we all know how he's done. And that's not all in him. The Giants' record overall is, I think he's got one win in primetime. He's been awful. And the Giants have been awful. He played in two playoff games. He was brilliant in one, and he was terrible in the other. He's been the quarterback of the New York Giants for five years. He's played in primetime games, and he's played in two big games. He's been awful in primetime games, and he was great in one big game and terrible in the other. I don't think it's a fair statement from the GM of the team to say Daniel Jones has played very well in some big games for us. He's played very well in one big game. One. One. And he's led them to play in one big game. As quarterback of the New York Giants in his entire tenure, he has led them to two important games. That's not good enough. It's not good enough. It's just not good enough. And you mix in all the injuries. If if someone's going to call me up and say, "Well, Eli Manning only had the you know until he won the Super Bowl," yeah, okay, one it, it happened in year four for Eli, so we've already passed that time, but. Other than that, Eli also played every single stinking game. Daniel Jones missed his games every single stinking year. It's time to move on from Daniel Jones. And no matter what the GM tells you, I think they are. I think this will be the last year you see Daniel Jones as a starting quarterback in New York Giants. And I think there's a chance you've already seen the last of Saquon Barkley in a giant uniform. 877-337-6666. Marcus in Manhattan. What's up, Marcus? Yeah, man, you uh, you talk against yourself so much. I, I love your show, but you you just—it's like you you're towing the line for the traditional thought process of whatever the league says. And I'm not saying that you don't have your own mind. I'm not saying you don't have your own brain. You know what you're talking about. You know your sports. You love your. Well, it's just you well, thank sport. you. I understand. But, but, you can come on and challenge me. Tell me what you're talking about, though. What what do you have? What right, am I saying okay, that you have a problem with? You're right. Sorry for the no, long. Press. No, no, that's fine. Now when it. When, when it comes to Saquon Barkley, yes. you're absolutely right. Listen, I'm on your side. But the thing that I don't like that you say is is that he's not di- – I mean, um, 
as far as a person being dynamic, as if that has anything to do with what the league is going. It has nothing to do with these, these running backs being dynamic. It's the fact that they don't feel like they need to pay the money. Them being dynamic and them being great has nothing to do with it. It's about the money. If you would just say, and I'm not saying what you should say, I think that with everybody at large, the writers and the people who have these shows and podcasts, if you just be honest and just say it's the money, that's fine. I would live I don't with understand that. what don't you mean. That. Of course it's exactly. the money. But Basically, if he, you're saying what you're saying. If he's not dynamic, if he's not, dy- not dynamic. Wait, 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 wait. You're saying that. So Christian, I'm saying, Christian well, McCaffrey wait. is dynamic. Yes. Did they win the Super Bowl? No. No, but they got to a Super Bowl and they were winning Derrick team. Derrick Henry is dynamic. How far did it get them? It doesn't matter if a player is dynamic. That well, as far as keeping – well, that's not true. Well, here, okay, one thing. If he's not dynamic, then there's no debate. You don't pay him. So I, the only reason I mentioned dynamic is because the only reason you consider paying him is if he's dynamic. Like, if he's not dynamic, you move on to the next guy. Uh, you're right. It's not about, but I mean, I, on some saying? level, I don't understand what your point is. Of course, the, the, how good he is obviously matters. Otherwise, there's no debate. Oh, if he wasn't good, why no. would you even debate this? What? So, so, so when you say diamond, dynamic, what are you talking about? We're, we're talking about guys that's coming in from from the draft, right? Now, of course, we're not going to try to pick a lame. I understand that, right? But all of these guys who make it into the NFL, they're not bust. You can't make it that far. You know what I mean? Be a bus, okay? Some are just better than others, okay? So if we're talking about just getting you a young kid off the street, we're just talking about the fact that you're having you get them on the cheap. What I'm saying is let's just stop talking about people being dynamic or not dynamic. It's about the money and getting these guys cheap. Well, getting a back, running them to the ground, which is fine. I mean, it is what it is. Right. But let's stop. Let's just stop. Yeah, but I, I never but, realize. But you it's make not it sound you. like. It's about. Yeah, but you make it's it sound narrative that everybody's saying. Ahead, yeah, right. but you make it sound like I'm using the dynamic part uh, as the the overall winning thing of the ar- of the argument. Like I agree with everything That's you what just it feels said. Like sometimes. Why? That's what it feels I, like I'm a, sometimes. He's a dynamic running back. He's a very good player. Is he not? Yeah, he is. He's well, that's all I'm saying. So what, I'm confused by what your problem is. I'm just saying that even though he's dynamic, he's not worth paying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Now, okay, now why is he not worth paying? Why is he not worth paying? Because the position itself doesn't lend itself to winning. Everything you just said, for the most part. Right. There's the Christian McCaffreys. Right, right, right. right, right there right, there right. are the Christian who, McCaffreys who carry the team. Right, or right. As important. You know, Saquon Barkley has not been Christian McCaffrey. But who determines that? And if we're talking about... Uh, get me just almost to winning a Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl. None of these guys are doing that. None of these guys are doing it. Pacheco is the is the running back that got his team there. Right. And he's not better than Christian McCaffrey. No, he's not. He's not better than Saquon Barkley. No, but they have, have nothing to do no, with No, but that. they have yeah, – well, listen, of course, it, on some level, I mean, he's got Patrick Mahomes. Yes, you want the quarterback. That's why I'm screaming at the top of my lungs the Giants should draft the quarterback. But there are levels of running back. There are levels. It's just a matter of whether or not winning. And, and San Francisco has got such a good roster around Christian McCaffrey that you can pay Christian McCaffrey if you can figure it into your cap space and have a dynamic head of the offense. Christian McCaffrey scores a touchdown every damn game. Christian McCaffrey's minus 300 when you want to bet him to any time touchdown. You want to know what it is for Saquon Barkley? It's probably plus 150, 200. He doesn't get in the end zone. Like, you want to say it's, at, it's because of this, line. it's because of that, it's because of this, it's because of that, fine, yeah, look at the offensive line, fine. They don't have an offensive line worthy of paying for a dynamic running back. And you know what, if they did, then you it's like you get a regular running back and you'd be probably okay. Not as, And Christian McCaffrey has proven to be healthier over the last couple of years and played every game this year. 
and was an MVP candidate. He's the one. He's the one. But you're right. I've made the same point. Look at championship teams and show me the guy with the run. Show me a championship team where the running back was the best player. It's hard to find. I don't disagree. And when I call when I say Barkley's dynamic, it's not in the banging the table to keep him because he's dynamic. It's quite the opposite. Even though he's dynamic, I'm okay with losing him. I'm not sure what you mean by me using this dynamic as a some sort of an argument. I'm not. I'm just calling him what he is. One of the better running backs in the league, a dynamic playmaker, who's impacted the Giants offense more than any other player on the team. And people will point to that and go, well, see, you need him. And I go, no, not really, because if I have an offense that's led by a dynamic running back and that's all, I don't have a very good team. And I don't have one that can win for a championship. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I like Saquon Barkley as the player. And if the Giants were in a different spot where I thought they were really ready to win and had a good offensive line, had a good team around them, I might feel differently about it because I'm trying to chase a championship. The Giants aren't in that position. And especially moving forward with a young quarterback, I'd rather just move on from him and get a cheaper running back later in the draft like almost every other team in the league does. It is about the money. I never said different. It's about the money. That's where the running back market is. It's about the money. I'm 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 confused by what you think. On how I'm using the word dynamic. I'm 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 certainly not using it in in the effort to say you got to keep him. He's dynamic. That's not what I've said at all. It's just been an adjective I use to describe him because he is. He's very good. Can't deny what Saquon Barkley is. He's an excellent running back. When healthy. But you can find very good running backs throughout the league, and you don't have to pay them the money Saquon Barkley is going to want to get paid. And certainly his age, this many years into the year, with the injuries he's accrued. Because it's not, it's, it's not even just a devastating knee injury. Sure, it's also the, the, high, the high ankle sprain he gets once a year. I mean, he misses four games a year when he's not missing entire seasons due to knee injuries. And that's not to knock him. A lot of running backs get hurt. Unfortunately, as you said, run them into the ground. It's an unfortunate reality of the position, no doubt. You get run into the ground. You get beat up in the the most physical sport there is to play, getting hit every time you touch the ball getting thrown into a position where you are going to get beat up, no doubt, and then when it comes contract time, they tell you, well, you're kind of beat up. It's completely unfair. No one disagrees. But it's the reality of the position. And unless they can figure out some way uh, in the next contract negotiation, unless the PA can figure out some way to help compensate running backs or to help change the idea that they run them into the ground and then when it comes time to contracts, they say, sorry, you've been run into the ground. I can't pay you. Unless they can figure something out, I don't know what else to do. And for me, Saquon Barkley just isn't, isn't important enough to keep. If they keep him, great. If they tag him, great. If they find a contract, a two-year contract that they feel comfortable with, great. By no means am I saying yeah, he has to be gone. What I'm saying is, is Joe Shane should do something he's comfortable with. 
And I would not stretch. And he even talked about the idea they stretched and they went back and forth last year with contract negotiations. You add up all the how important he is to the room, the kind of leader, the player. You mix that all into the bag as, as well as where the market is for the running back. And they tried everything they could, but ultimately couldn't come up with a contract. That's how that I believe that's how Joe Shane should handle it. Joe Shane should go to the very limit of his comfortability with giving a contract to Saquon Barkley and not an inch further. Joe Shane should not be even uncomfortable in the slightest. If he is, don't do the deal. Because they're not worth it. Because running backs just aren't worth it. The market is just not where it is. The Giants aren't where where they need to be to make the running back where it needs to be. Like It's just not there. The timing isn't good enough and not right to make sure you go get Saquon Barkley. If you can make it work and you're comfortable, great. He's a great player, good team leader. I, I, I would love the idea that Saquon Barkley's back on the team. But I am not going beyond my comfort level to make it happen. Mike in South Boundbrook. What's up, Mike? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for the call. So ah, thank you for making it. You look at, hey, yeah. So like you look at the history of the of the Giants. I've been watching them for a long time. And all the great names are on the defensive side of the ball, right? Like, uh, except maybe, you know, eighty six, you know, Sims was really great. But they had a phenomenal defense, so um, right. You know, yeah. And I mean, if they're going to go quarterback hunting, you know, and they're going to need such a superior athlete, superior quarterback to to really start be a, becoming a team that's going to score a lot of points. You know, because it, it like what's the offensive line going to be if you don't have a really good or or a decent offensive line? And you plug in a, a, a decent quarterback, not a great quarterback. Right. You know how good are they going to be? You know, I mean, yeah, no, like, you got you, you, you got to get a decent offensive line. I don't think anybody disagrees. Yeah, absolutely. And like, but what's stopping it, you from doing guys that? From getting an offense, good offensive line. Yeah. Well, you know, obviously we had injuries. You know, maybe they weren't healthy all well, that, year. I mean, hope so, they've changed the offensive line coach. And you know, well, hope okay. and and there's other ways to go about getting offensive line. It doesn't have to be that six pick. That's all I'm saying. Like there's right. all they they can go fix. You know, I went over the offensive line last year with um, uh, last night. Excuse me, of that great. And for me, for my money, that 07-08 offensive line is argued for the Giants is arguably the best offensive line in football for that that era, those two years. And you're talking about Sean right. O'Hara, who came from Cleveland. You're talking about David Deal, who was what a third or fourth round pick. Chris Snee was a top right. pick. Kareem McKenzie, I believe, was a top pick for uh, another franchise, but they got him in free agency. Rich Soybert. I mean, those are the guys who built the best offensive line in football. You don't have to yeah. have. You don't have to have first round picks. All through the offensive line. I mean, listen, the the Cowboys right. made the Cowboys made that work. You're seeing first round picks, you know, on on San Francisco. That's certainly a way to go about it, of course. But you don't have right. to. And I I I think you need the court. You watch the NFL play now. I mean, yes, the San Francisco 49ers have built that roster to such a level where they put first round picks all on the first offensive line, first round picks on the defensive front. Uh, got you know we're able to get Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel turned into an unbelievable player, and they're a good enough, well coached enough team where they were able to take Mister Irrelevant and turn him into a Super Bowl contender. That's damn hard. Right. Besides that, yeah. look up and down this league. 
It's the best quarterbacks that continue to be in the postseason, continue to be in the championship games, continue to be there in the you Super Bowl. So you got to get right. the quarterback, and then I'll figure right. out the offensive line. Like I, No one's saying you okay. just get the quarterback and ignore the offensive line, but I, I want right. to make sure I get right. the quarterback first. Well, let me, let me ask you this. Of the three guys they have now, who, like, you know, if they weren't going to go get anybody and they're going to say, all right, you know, we got, we got, uh, we can choose from Daniel Jones, Taylor, yeah. and DeVito, who I never bought into the DeVito camp. Yeah. Cause he, he, he didn't beat anybody. You know, he wasn't oh. really that good. He's, they didn't score a whole lot of points. Well, that's They won true. because of the defense, right? Don't you agree with well, that? They uh, mostly no, won those the, games the... because of the that month, the, I think it was, uh, I think it was the Monday night football game. It might have been Sunday. Night, I, don't, I don't remember. But that primetime game against uh, Green Bay, that he was, he was good in that game, and they beat a legitimate team that ended up, you know, winning a playoff game. So, well, you know what though, Green Bay, they weren't playing as as good then as they were towards the end of the season. That was towards the end you of know? the season. They were on a, they were on a winning streak. Green Bay had turned it around. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, yeah, they, that's they were true. playing. Yeah, you're right. They were on a okay. little bit of a winning streak. Then they lost a game or two, and then got hot again. At the very right, at right, the okay. very end of the year, but no, listen, that's a legitimate okay. win. You can't take that one away from him. Uh, that was a legitimate win for Devito, a legitimate win for the Giants. That was a surprising victory. I thought they were going to get blown out in that game. Uh, Green Bay was just coming off uh, beating Kansas City, right? That, I think they beat Kansas City the week before, two weeks before. They were playing well. Uh, but your question of which three of those three quarterbacks? Yeah, that to me, it's still Daniel Jones of those three. If it's Tyrod Taylor, which, by the way, is not part of the team right now, they would have to re-sign Tyrod Taylor. Uh, Tyrod Taylor is a free agent, so he's not part of Right now they have two quarterbacks, uh, uh, Daniel Jones and Tommy DeVito. And even if, let's just throw for that argument's sake, Tyrod Taylor back into the mix. While I do think Tyrod Taylor came in and played better than, uh, than Daniel Jones did and was able to get the ball down the field at least, uh, no, I would still, if I was starting a, a team tomorrow, I was, I had a game I had to win for the most part. I'd probably play Daniel Jones, I guess. And plus they gave him the contract. So yeah, Daniel Jones of those three, but that's not, that's not good enough. And look, Daniel Jones is going to be the starter next year. No one's doubting that he is. The question is, is there going to be his replacement holding a, a chalkboard, um, learning for a year? And I hope he is. I hope the replacement is on the team. And that it's a one-year prove-it year for Daniel Jones to show other franchises he's worth a chance. That's what I'm hoping it is. I'm hoping it's a motivated Daniel Jones who needs to, who's going to get released from the Giants and released out of his contract and is going to have to prove it to other franchises throughout the league that he's worth picking up. And not just another year of the Daniel Jones era. I'm hoping it's a transition year for the New York Giants because I think they need. I I I no longer think you can count on Daniel Jones, and you need to be able to count on your quarterback. Val in the Bronx, what's up, Val? Yo, brother Mac, what's going on, man? What's up, man? How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. You know, you're right on point with. Um, I I was listening to the the opening, and I I think people are getting a little bit too hung up on any and all of the answers that Shane gave. Because to be honest with you. It was all just a lot of um, politicking. Yeah, like, I mean, listen, politicking it's, it's, answer. I, I I got a couple of things I want to yeah. get into, and I have a, a judge thing real quick, you know, at the end. But you know, what you were saying, it, it's right on point. It, it's just like a not a, a lot of non-committal 
you know, I don't want to hedge my bets in any direction, any which way, shape, or form as far as that QB is concerned. He's right to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're perfectly on point with that. Well, listen, Daniel, wants- Daniel Jones is going to be the starting quarterback next year, so he doesn't have to say anything but that. I trust Daniel exactly. Jones, I trust Daniel Jones to be a starting quarterback because he's going to be the starting quarterback but next I, I'm year. Just saying, I'm just saying, like, to, to get hung up on anything that he's saying right now and yeah. say to yourself that he's not drafting this or he's not drafting Correct. that. None of what he said means anything right now. Nobody's going to tell you. It's a lot of misdirection they're going to give you from now until draft day anyway. Correct. So none of that means anything. And the only thing that scares me, though, is that stuff that he said about Saquon, because it sounds to me, to your point, and almost uh, I, I feel almost a little bit even more extreme, I don't even know that he's willing to give up the franchise tag thing. He finds a cheaper option, because even that, he's leaving uh, open and, and open-ended. Because if yeah. he can find a cheaper option to move on and go a different way, he might even do that, too. Yeah, I mean, so I, I, I think that's plausible. Now, the thing is, is he's going to want, even Saquon Barkley, he's going to want cheaper than the $12.1 million he's getting on the franchise. That, like, that's what I'm saying. He even told Saquon, like, you know, he, he said something about Saquon being adult about it as well, too. So I think that's like, you know, code for Saquon, shop yourself and see what you can get out there. And, you know, there's a chance that if it goes up beyond a certain point, we might not even be in that. So, you know, power to you. But the thing I really wanted to ask you, and I'm interested to get your take on this. I asked somebody else about it, and I'm just getting scared about it as it moves forward. Do you think that there's a chance, and this might be a little bit premature to ask right now because we're talking about the draft and all this stuff like that, but do you think that it's, there's a chance that the Jets make the same mistake this year coming forward as far as the backup QB? Because no. I'm really starting to be concerned that they're going to look to do something where they go after somebody who is not necessarily the best guy for the job, the best guy for the position, and it's shaped more along somebody who fits in better because Aaron Rodgers is our starting quarterback. And that's starting to scare me. I, no. I, 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 like, I'm hoping Douglas is really thinking about it smarter than that this time, and he does, you know, the right thing. But it's just like I'm just starting to feel like something about, you know, the guy not being somebody who's going to challenge Allen and who, I mean, uh, Aaron and who's not going to, like, you know, ruffle his feathers in any way is going to be part of that decision. And that might actually make it so that we don't necessarily get the best guy in case Aaron goes down. No, I, I, wouldn't, yeah. wor- I wouldn't worry about it. No, Val. I think they learned Thank from you. their mistake. You got it. The owner even came out, uh, which I thought was a little even laughable, considering what we all suspect uh, his imprint on who the backup quarterback was for this team and, his, and someone was making sure that uh, – Zach Wilson played football for the Jets this year, but no, I think they learned. You have to bring in a legitimate backup quarterback. I don't think there's any doubt. I I think even Aaron Rodgers, it's one thing last year, you know, he's coming off an ACL injury. I mean, excuse me, I'm sorry, um, an Achilles heel injury. He's coming off a major injury. He missed the entire year. There is no way he he could have any leg to stand on, pardon the pun, where he would tell the franchise, "Look, I no, I'm picking my backup." Like I just, they have to go out and make sure they have a legitimate backup. Whether it's Jacoby Brissett, which would be the one uh, I would target. He played a handful of games for Washington. I thought he played very well. Uh, he's been a you know a a good quarterback in this league for a while. He started games. He's he's been a solid guy. Gardner Minshew is another guy. Clearly stepped in in, in Indianapolis and played well and almost took that team to the playoffs this year. Um. So those would be two legitimate guys. Uh, I know uh, Mr. T, the former um, GM of the Jets, suggested uh, Russell Wilson for the backup. I don't know if I see that necessarily. But, no, you need a legitimate guy that you feel like you can win with. 
on some level if Rodgers goes down. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. They're not. They're not going to mess around and bring in the, you know, the Boyles of the world, the 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 Timmy Boyles of the world, the the, the friends of of Rogers this year. That's not going to happen. You can't do it. Too many jobs are on the line. No matter what you know, no matter what may have been promised, no matter what may have been thought once you got Rogers and how they're all in. And you heard comments from McCall Hardman about how they're all in with Aaron Rodgers uh, in a negative tone as opposed to some of the positive tones about it we've heard from uh, you know, Garrett Wilson earlier in the year. Maybe we'll get to it today or tomorrow. Um, but, no, they, they need a legitimate backup quarterback. And I think Aaron Rodgers would have to acquiesce that, even if he wanted to go a different way. He, he's a 40-year-old quarterback coming off a, a season-ending Achilles heel injury that he, that he got four snaps in. Like, there's no longer... Like they, they, on on that front, like if you want to, like if they want to, if there's a difference of opinion of what wide receiver to go trade for or pick up in free agency or whatever that case may be, and you want to let Aaron Rodgers his his opinion weigh more and sway that decision one way or another, sure, I still think that kind of thing's on the table. You know, the Cobbs of the world, the whatever, you know, that kind of player to bring in that he feels comfortable with, I think that's still on the table. But who's going to play if he goes down? That is no longer in the hands of Aaron Rodgers. And if it is, then shame on the New York Jets. And shame on Aaron Rodgers for insisting, quite honestly. He should no longer want that. It shouldn't be about that anymore. It should be about him getting back on the field and leading this Jet team. It shouldn't be about what he wants. He's Now it's not, you're not courting him anymore. You're not appeasing him anymore. You're not trying to make him comfortable anymore. He's been with the Jets for a year. Yeah, he didn't play, but he's been here. He's gone on McAfee. He's attacked the franchise and how the, the leaks and you know they they have too much nonsense going on here. He's he's been the overarching cloud over the franchise the entire year with that injury. And as far as I'm concerned, it's the the honeymoon is over, and so is him having major say inside the franchise. That's all done. Now get healthy, get on the field, and go win football games, which I still think he can do at a very high level. Eddie and Rockland, what's up, Eddie? Hey, Sandy, what's happening, man? What's going? Oh, yes, what's going on? Oh, Sandy. Right, you did a good job on that. I thought you did above average, you know. Boomer, well, thank you. Boomer said he Boomer said he would have re- I don't know if you listened to it. I did Our not. call made it to the made it to the air on the morning show and Boomer said he would reach for the buzzer if he was on uh American Idol. Oh, really? That would have Yeah, unfortunately. Oh, he come kept on. I'm saying shut it off. See, that that was the question I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you a few weeks ago. Yeah. If we were if we were hanging out and we were at a bar and uh, you were doing and now this is a hypothetical don't get excited and uh, you yeah. were doing karaoke and right before you were going to go on I tapped you on your shoulder and said you know over in the corner over there is sitting Sir Paul McCartney yeah and give me the, the, your two songs that you're going to do well I mean even if it's Paul McCartney I want to put on my best I wouldn't necessarily so what's your two best uh. I mean, I, I don't know. I got. I, I I would say that Billy Joel is kind of a uh, a comfort level. Only the good die young is a comfort level. That's the other thing too. Like I was put on the spot with Sandy and John Travolta, you know, a song I don't really know that well. Like I always put myself in that position. I should just insist if I'm going to sing, it's got to be a song I know. Should have done Billy Joel. But whatever, Boomer. What what do you know about singing? Huh. 
What does Boomer know about singing? He doesn't know anything. And yeah, no, listen, I heard it. I listened to it too. I probably would have got a buzzer on any kind of legitimate show. It wasn't that good. I know what I am. That's a tough song to sing. But that's okay. I thought I did all right. I thought it belt I thought I belted it out pretty good. I didn't know they even discussed that. I should have known. I should have known there was an opportunity to make fun of me. They'd take it. I should have realized that. That's my own fault for not assuming that Sandy clip would have been played. But, yeah, I mean, I thought I did a pretty good job with it. It wasn't great. Yeah, I mean, I don't think if I was on American Idol doing that version of Sandy, I don't think I would have made it to Hollywood. I think that's fair. But put on the spot just to sing Sandy in the studio, I think I did it better than most anyone here at the station could do. That's for sure. I definitely think so. But I've sung, I've sang on stage. I, I, I got a good job from Fallout Boy singing Fallout Boy. I don't need Boomer's approval. I don't sit around waiting for Boomer's approval. 877-337-6666. I thought it was a good job. What's the matter, Boomer? Why are you going to knock me? Take me out singing. I'll show you. So he probably would love, I, I bet you, maybe, please, do you know this? You think Boomer likes uh, ABBA? Boomer strikes me as an ABBA type guy. Yeah, Boomer was a big Madonna fan when really? Madonna first started, so I'm going to say he likes ABBA. I would think he's an ABBA guy then, definitely, for sure. I know you were on a, you were off, but you, did you hear, did you hear any of this? Did you hear the singing? No, all of this is the first time I'm hearing about yeah, it. I was no, going to ask got, you during the break. Well, I got put on the spot because I, I think you've probably heard it because I've made the joke a bunch that I would be, when people ask me, when I joke about being such a great singer, which, yeah, I mean, I have I joke about, oh, yeah, I'm terrific. you know. Um, I always say that I would be an excellent Danny Zuko on a cruise ship, like, you know, a matinee performance of And I have Greece. seen Grease on a cruise. Right, exactly. I feel like that would be like, you know, your Aunt, your Aunt Millie and Uncle Ted would leave the theater going, that... That Danny Zuko was a little bit chunky, but man, he could sing. Like that's what that's what I would that's my like my wheelhouse, whatever. So they put me on the spot and made me do Oh Sandy from Greece. I don't know the song that well, but I belted out Oh Sandy. I thought it was all right, but apparently Boomer didn't like it and they played it and they made him turn it off. I mean, they couldn't have just asked you to sing one of the songs that everybody in the world knows. Right, I know. Well, because they wanted me to do Grease Lightning, and then like right before I'm about to do Grease Lightning, they were like, you know, Dove was like some of the lyrics of Grease Lightning, guys, probably shouldn't be on the air. I was like, okay. And then how about Sandy? I'm like, okay. So that's what I did. I, you, I don't turn stuff down. I take on all challenges. That's what you should be commended for. Yes. They said, sing, you know, do this for us, sing and dance, and you said, okay. I should be commended, not mocked. I should be applauded, not ridiculed. I should be embraced, not shunned. 877-337-66. Surprised Boomer didn't ask you to sing the Yankee song. Yeah, I'd, I'd sing the Yankee song. Well, no, that was uh, BT made me sing it, not Boomer. They they must have replayed me singing on the midday show. Oh, uh, I got you. I was, well, I was thinking, oh, this wasn't posted, but obviously if you're singing the lyrics to songs, yes. that's why I didn't that's see it. That's why they don't post it, yeah. But no, yeah, on the midday show, they put me on the spot last Wednesday. And I guess Boomer and uh, the I guess Jerry in the morning show got wind of it. And took their shots. That's okay. That's okay. I'll be your pinata. This, you know, just remember the pin, the pinata has feelings too. 
I may be filled with delicious candy, but I have I have feelings. I have feelings. But you don't care about any of that. They don't care. 877-337-6666. McMonagle here with you. One hour down. Two more to go. There's another angle to this, uh, something that I found interesting that Joe Shane said about the defense. Something I agreed with. Something I told you about weeks ago. We'll get to it. And then Juan Soto wants Blake Snell. Right? That's what John Heyman says. Blank, uh, Juan Soto says, oh, it'd be great to have Blank, uh, Blake Snell on the Yankees. Well, if I'm Hal Steinbrenner, if I'm Brian Cashman, Brian Cashman, I know exactly what I would say to Juan Soto if he wants Blake Snell. 